Big Fluff. I have done more in one year than all of you have done in your entire collective careers. I have saved your Divas Division. I have shattered glass ceilings. I have broken down doors. Why? So, so a bunch of ungrateful, stiff plastic mannequins can waltz on through without even as much as a thank you? You just can't. You guys can't even go backstage and shake my hand and look him in the eye because you know that I worked my entire life to get here. I gave my life to this, and you were just handed 15 minutes of fame. Hobo Radio, the official podcast of HoboTrashCan.com. You can share your thoughts on the show anytime by emailing Joel at Murphy's Law at HoboTrashCan.com. Hey, this is Chris Parnell. You're listening to Hobo Radio. I hope you enjoy. And now, your host, miniature dog enthusiast, Joel Murphy. Hello again. I am Joel Murphy. This is Hobo Radio. And today is a very exciting day. Now, like a lot of you, yesterday I I sat there and I watched WrestleMania. It was very exciting as it always is for me. And then it ended. And now here we are, Monday. And there's no more of that, that fun WrestleMania spirit, except here on Hobo Radio, where I am very excited to bring you my interview with AJ Mendez Brooks, who has a new uh, memoir coming out this week called Crazy is My Superpower, which uh, they were nice enough to send to me to read. And it is fantastic. It is by far one of the best uh, memoirs I've ever read by uh, a wrestler. And it, it's really good. It's really uh, personal and funny and just incredibly enjoyable. And I really loved it. And I really loved speaking to her. And I think you guys are really going to enjoy the interview as well. I will warn you uh, that I spoke to her over the phone and uh, her cell phone was having a little bit of an issue with uh, reception when a train would go by it would cut out a little bit so you will get a little bit of that in the interview but that aside I think it's a fantastic chat and I think you guys will really enjoy it so without further ado my interview with AJ Mendez Brooks Hi, how's it going? Good. How are you? Good. Good. They uh, they sent me the book. I, I have to say, just right up front, I loved it. Like it, I read it this past week. It's really great. Oh, thank you so much. It's my uh, I call it my brain baby because I <laughs> felt like I you know <laughs> I cultivated it for a really long time and then it 
a pain to get out. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, th- thank you very much. I appreciate it. Uh, well, that, I was curious about that. That's a good place to start. Just uh, what, so what was it like, you know, once you decided to sit down and write it, like, you know, were you going from memory? Like, did you have journals? Like, what was just the initial process of like, I'm going to do this and now I need to piece together my life? Oh, man, um, I was really uh, overconfident and I should not have been. Um, <laughs> I was like, oh, I can get this done in three months and I'll just sit down and it'll pour right out of me. Um, and uh, it turns out that's not it was a train that's going by. Can you hear me? Yes. Okay. Um, so, yeah, I think it maybe took six months to a year to, to formulate how I wanted, uh, you know, the skeleton of the book to be, uh, to look like. Um, and then it, uh, I you know, it to a year really getting everything perfect. Um, just a lot of days of sitting at my computer um, in sweatpants with no makeup on, eating, uh, you know, crying into a box of cinnamons and uh, screaming into the hair. Um, <laughs> and it was, uh, it was trying, but like, it was the hardest thing I've ever done. But you're like, that also happens outburst. So. I'm sorry, you're still, you're breaking up a lot. I'm sorry. I think this might be okay. I live by a train, and every time the train goes by, I think it's breaking. Oh, breaking us apart. Uh, well, um, I, I wanted to ask. Um, you know, you're obviously you know very candid in the book. Uh, you know, particularly about your childhood, and so I was just curious. Um, you know, for that part, like. Uh, was there any hesitation in that? And also just like, what was that like sort of, you know, clearing that with your family or, you know, like having them, you know, know that you were going to be putting all that in the book? Hmm. Um, I think we all kind of understand that there's uh, something that's bigger than us that's being served by being honest about those times. Um, And for me, when I was going through them, I think one of the only things that got me through them was thinking one day I can share this story and it'll make it feel like it was worth it. You know, um, maybe it'll help somebody. Um, and, 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 you know, actually sitting down and writing it, I, I've probably deleted a million things and been like, Oh God, I can't share this. It's too much. And then you just had to kind of, um, sack up and, and, and just do it um, because it's worth it, you know? Um, and so I, I, I went back and forth on a lot of things. I, I, there was a, a, a version of this book in my head before it even, um, before it was even real, there was a version where I didn't even talk about being bipolar, you know, um, where I thought I could kind of, you know, just keep that just to me. And, I eventually just realized that is the most important message I have. That is the most important thing I can use my life for is to, uh, you know, not just talk about it in a negative sense or not just have like, you know, some sort of breakdown one day and then come out to the world that I'm bipolar. Um, I wanted to, to talk about these things in a positive light. Um, so yeah, it's just a lot of uh, just ripping the bandaid off and, and going for it. 
Yeah, well, I'm so glad that you did, too, because I, I, I've personally I've read a lot of wrestling memoirs. Uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a fan. So I've like but there's always sort of uh, a formula to them, even like the good ones like Mick Foley's book or whatever. There's always kind of this through line that you kind of know. But I, I thought, it, yeah, your book was so much more interesting because it, like I found myself the wrestling felt almost secondary in it. You know what I mean? Like it was I was much more invested in really hoping that you would be okay. Like I knew it all worked out, but like y- young you, like reading it, I'm like, you know, it's very much like I would want to get to certain chapters to be like, okay, she's got to like get into college or like, she's got to like, you know, reach these like safe points, you know? Uh, so no, but thank you for sharing that. I think that, you know, it made it for a really compelling uh, memoir to read. Uh, but to follow up on that, has your family read the book? Like have, have they reacted to it? Um, my sister has. My sister's actually uh, a writer, and she kind of looks at stuff from that point of view. And um, I think one of the funniest uh, texts I ever got, and also most but it was kind of the same vein. She, she was like, okay, I know you. I lived with you. And I was reading this. Oh, my God, she's going to be all right? <laughs> and I really appreciated that. But um, I, I, she sent me the, the nicest message about it. And I, I, I actually, like, printed it and, like, hung it on my wall in my office. Because to me, like, you know, if I... I made my sister proud. And, and that's the most meaningful thing to me. Um, we had this, like ongoing joke our whole childhood that anytime something dramatic or hard you know she'd just be like just put it in the book it's gonna be you know fodder for the tell-all like one day um so you know to actually do it um that felt like a really cool full circle moment um so she's definitely my my biggest supporter and I think everyone else um no one else has read it in my family but they know what's in it and we're all just kind of realizing that we're serving a bigger purpose here uh, well, I had to, this is a small note, but I, I wrote this down when I was reading the book because I was really curious about this. Like you mentioned uh, adopting a dog while you were, uh, you know, an active wrestler. And I just I was sort of wondering about that. Like, just how does that work? Like, did you did the dog go on the road with you or like, how does that work? <laughs> like, I, like I said, there was a um, small thing. but there I was, just was a, No, that's a, it's a good question, um, because you adopted I have to travel the world. Um, and so there was a time when I think it, they were allowed to, there were dogs like backstage and they, that was allowed. But during my uh, time there, that was not allowed. Um, so I actually, um, my sister lived with me and she was the, the second mom to my dog, <laughs> <laughs> um, which is why now I've adopted another dog and I plan on adopting more because I'm, I actually really kind of spend the time and um, that's, that's, a, that's a huge love of mine is his rescue dogs. Um, but yeah, I think, I mean, it was, I was lucky. He was a tiny little, <laughs> it was easy to call it. <laughs> uh, well, I also, uh, another one of the things like the notes that I had down uh, when I was going through it is I was so happy to read uh, that you were a huge fan of Kane growing up because I also, uh, irrationally love Kane and have like gotten a lot of questions from friends of mine of like why but I I know his character is ridiculous but like I I don't know I've always really loved that character and so I I don't know it made me happy to read that and especially with like the storylines that you guys did and everything that like it was just cool to hear oh god yeah 
like a, a he was a divisive character for for like the kids in my generation that watch wrestling. Um, I was like more people were like, the Undertaker. Um, and when I was really, he scared me. Um, but I got a little bit older and I was just all about him. And especially when it was like the Brothers of Destruction. Um, I was so about that. And I just, I remember crudely taping this giant poster of him above my bed. <laughs> like, my, yeah, like, my parents must have been like, what is going on in his life? Um, but no one made me take it down, you know, who, <laughs> you know, a short time later, just get to mount him in the ring was, uh, you know, full circle, <laughs> real, real proud moment. Did, did he know that you were a fan of his? Like, did you make that clear to him or was that kind of something that you kept to yourself at the time? <laughs> I think, oh God, uh, I think I really enjoyed messing with him as much as, as possible because he's such a, a straight person. Um, and I think he kind of looks at all of us like his kids. So he was really uh, just creeped out. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I'm sure at some point I, I, I brought that up just to, just to kind of squirm a little bit. Um, yeah, that was a traumatic experience. <laughs> Um, well, I, um, I know you, you obviously, you talk a, a lot about it in the book and, uh, I think that people who are fans of, you know, that you, you really were, uh, sort of instrumental in helping change the, the landscape of women's wrestling and, you know, making it, uh, more about wrestling, obviously, and like more a focal point. Uh, but I, I was curious, you know, cause I was actually like, I rewatched your, your pipe bombshell promo, like when I knew I was going to do this interview and stuff. And I'm just curious, like, do you pay any attention to the like WWE now and, and the women's division or is it just sort of in your rear view mirror and it's not really like I'm just curious if you see how it has evolved since your time there well like wrestling was going to be like in my soul and in my heart because it's such a huge part of not just like in a, in a career sense but of my childhood also I it's one of the things that helps rescue or rescue myself um, and so it's always something I think of positively and kind of warmly. Um, but it does sometimes feel like, you know, boyfriend. <laughs> um, I, there's a lot of people that care about work there and that I'm with. They seem really happy. And there's a lot of the girls there, um, that seem happy and they kind of keep me updated and, um, that warms my heart. You know, I feel like a proud mama in a sense. Um, so I, I'm sort of aware, uh, and what I hear is good stuff. So I, that makes me really happy for them. Oh, awesome. Yeah. I just kind of like, I, I think I just hoped for that for you that you could kind of see, you know, like after you rode off into the sunset <laughs> that like things got better, you know, <laughs> <laughs> Aww, that's a good way to think of it. Yeah. Cause they never really look back, you know? Right. Um, but I, I, I it, to me, it's, you know, something that, uh, you know, you, you just hope that the that people, that good things happen to good people. And I think there's a lot of good people who were just like me in, and grew up loving it. And you just want them to have the best experience. Um, and I think, you know, there's some that aren't, but there's some that really are, that are really flourishing. And, and those girls that I talk to, um, yeah, they, they seem to be, to be happy. So I'm happy for them. 
Uh, well, I'm also curious too. So, like, what is uh, your life like now? Obviously, the the book sort of ends uh, with, like I said, you walking off into the sunset. But like, what is uh, the next chapter? I, I'm sure you've been focused on writing the book. But like, what you know, what what is happens now? Oh God! I mean, that's a good question. If I think about it too much, I'll have a panic attack. <laughs> but um, I, I think I really I I fell in love with writing, and it's something that. Um, I always wanted to pursue professionally and to actually have done that is kind of mind blowing to me. Um, and it's, I'm working on a second book right now and some kind of cool writing projects with some friends that I can't talk about, but, um, somehow I don't know how it happened. It wasn't really on purpose. I kind of fell into all these kind of writing gigs and I love it. I love it so much to be able to, you know, not have to just use my body as a weapon. Like I can use my mind as a weapon, um, which is really helpful now that, you know, my knees are so bad. Well, I know you said that, like you can't talk about specific projects, but can you sort of give me a vague sense of, uh, you know, what your future of writing is like, do you think you'll do more memoir stuff or, you know, do you think you might do fiction stuff or like what kind of writing are you looking at doing? Uh, I am currently working on another book. Um, I'm in very preliminary stages of that, but it is more of like very much in the same vein of, of crazy. Um, and the other stuff is more fiction and mind and I need to you know use it with fullest power uh so what what is it like for you now like so you're on uh the the verge of this book coming out like how is that for you like is there uh sort of nervous excitement or what like what are you hoping it's like when this book actually does come out um it's you know what it's it, it's kind of terrifying because the book is sort of out there and, you know, we, we get to do like interviews about it now and it's, I've gotten to send it to some friends. And so I get, I've gotten some feedback on it, but it's not really out there um, <laughs> yet. And so I kind of wake up in the middle of the night sometimes and I'm like, Oh my God, I talked about that. Like, uh, what was I thinking? Um, so, you know, I've had to like stop myself from calling Crown, Crown Publishing and being like, stop it. <laughs> um, so I'm terrified, but I'm also excited because uh, I don't think I ever see it. You know, I'm ready for it to kind of be in the world, and and then to gently deliver it to the world. Um, so uh, it's just a lot of nerves, nerves. But do you have like a? <laughs> Do you have like a best hope for it and like a worst case scenario? Like, do you run through it in that way of like, you know, the ultimate would be. God, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The worst case scenario, honestly, for so long, I was just like, I just want to get this done. Like, I just want to put this in the world. And if one person reads it, that I will have completed this promise to myself and my sister and, you know, uh, it, it was this ultimate life goal for so long that just worst case scenario was just get it done. Maybe one person will buy it. Um, now to kind of see the response, see how many people like pre-ordered it and, and, and 
that's a little, you know, overwhelming. And it's like, oh, my God, oh, the people will actually read this now. Okay. Um, so best case scenario is that uh, it helps people feel less alone. And, and that was kind of my goal through every chapter was just let people know that the weird things they think or how strange they feel or how much of an outsider they feel like they're not. Um, because at least I also went through it. So at least they can relate to one other person in the world. Um, that's my goal for it. I, I think that's great. Uh, yeah. I, I, I'm curious too, like in writing it, I, I feel like it was such a balancing act. And I think you did a really good job of this, of like the tone of it to sort of hit, uh, you know, the weightier stuff that you need to get into, but also there's a lot of humor in the book and it, it's genuinely a very funny book, uh, to read. And I was just, uh, I guess curious about that as well. Like how was it sort of finding the right balance of addressing the things you wanted to address and sort of hitting that, you know, sort of more lighthearted tone to it. Right. Um, at first, I think when we were like just even just in the, the pitching process, it was slightly strange to be like, okay, this is a book about um, domestic violence and misogyny and mental illness. And it's really funny. Um, and I think like people were like, wait, what? Like, what are you? Um, I, I think it just comes from me being sort of emotionally stunted and not able to, you know, talk seriously about stuff without cracking a joke or a dick joke here and there. Um, and so it was really important for me to, I think when you, when you have this like after school special tone for so many things, but especially for mental illness, um, it gives it so much unnecessary power. You know, it makes it like, okay, kids, we're going to talk about this really sensitive subject. And, you know, we have to, you know, treat it with kid gloves. And that's not who I am. I, you know, I want to be proud and call myself crazy. Like, oh, I, you know, this crazy bitch. Like, I'm <laughs> proud of that. Um, and so to me, it's like, if you can kind of throw people into the deep end and you can make them laugh and make them a little bit, more comfortable during the most uncomfortable moments, it's easier to digest that. It's easier to talk about the stuff that we kind of try not to talk about. Um, yeah, I, I am. That's who I am. I just, it's, everything's a little bit easier when you, when you throw in a dick joke. <laughs> Uh, well, I was curious too about the the interludes that you put in there. You sort of have these uh, chapters that are like one of them is a you know a letter to your future daughter, or like there's different like things like that. What was the the thought process behind those? So that came from a very real um, exercise that the therapist gave me, which was to like write in this journal and. Sometimes you might want to scream at a person, but you, you probably shouldn't in real life. So to scream at them in this journal and, you know, and I felt a little ridiculous doing it at the time. And, and then I kind of thought, this is hilarious. And like, I, I need to embrace this as much as I can. And there's this little composition book that has my work qualities and my most judgmental moment and it's just like the worst person can be in this book like just to get it all out of you I had success with that on TV I think my character was just this little uh, selfish crazy impulsive thing and that worked so for me it was you know let me kind of take a comedic turn on the stuff that was supposed to be really serious um 
and just kind of if you just bear bear my soul and how like kind of ugly it can get for certain things because that's funny (laughs) (laughs) i think it's funny um well, I, I also I saw it was uh, really cool that uh, on social media, some people, I guess, have been getting advanced like bookmarks and stuff. Uh, what has it been like for you to see the, the people with the blank is my superpower kind of filling them in and sending those to you? Oh, God, there's it's been such a cool combination of like people who get my sense of humor and are putting like really funny stuff in it. Um, and then people who are just being really brave and putting the stuff that has probably been a source of shame in their life um, and then just putting it out there. And to see that kind of reaction before the book is even out there, I feel like I've done my job. Um, all I really wanted to come out of the book was for people to, to say, okay, these things that I try to hide, that people try to make me feel bad about, like what if I just turned that around and made it something I'm proud of? Um, you know, that's sort of just who I am. Like, let me make fun of myself before anyone else can. Um, and, and to find, like, strength in those things and to see people uh, tweet me pictures that say, like, autism is my superpower um, or anxiety is my superpower, um, I, I feel like I accomplished a mission already, and, uh, and I can't wait to see, like, what comes after that. Uh, well, now I, I've got to get to the important question, uh, which is that you mentioned that you love chefs cutting themselves on Chopped. And <laughs> I it is so upsetting to me every time that happens. And they always think that they're not going to get caught with that. And I never understand their logic. So, <laughs> I, <laughs> so it is pretty perverse. The actual like. Um, I don't want to see the cut and I don't want to see the blood. Like that freaks me out really bad, but it's just how it all goes down is so hilarious to me um, where they have to like throw their hand in the air and then, you know, <laughs> it just always gets on the plate no matter what. And it's, Oh, it's so dramatic. Uh, it's just one of those, you know, one of my great pleasures in life is, uh, is watching that. It happened on an episode of chop junior once and that oh. was a little rough for me. Oh, I didn't. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm actually glad I didn't see that. Yes. I oh no. I was like, Oh, too far, too far. I, I am fa- like I love cooking shows, but I'm so fascinated by that about chef culture that like it almost is similar to a wrestling thing of like oh I'm bleeding I'm not gonna stop like I just like you know just yes you ra- just keep going yeah it's pretty it's pretty hardcore I appreciate it I know but yeah I, I always like the seriousness too of the judges like well this looked really great but your blood is on it so I'm not going to eat this <laughs> like. <laughs> Yeah, and then the music gets, like, really dramatic. Uh, I mean, I, anyone that's on Chopped is, like, a superhero to me because I, I, I can't slip an egg. Like, I am the worst person in the kitchen. So I watch that show, and uh, and I just dream. I dream of what I could be one day. <laughs> Uh, well, I that's there, there's like one. Uh, I know you're almost out of time here, but there's one other wrestling thing that I did kind of want to ask you about uh, that I was just curious about because I saw recently that they're making uh, like The Rock is making this movie about uh, Paige and that they shot something recently that involved your character. Uh, you know, sort of uh, like the whole title switch when Paige you know won the title, and I was just curious like. Does that are you involved in that at all? Do you get consulted on that, or is that just kind of happening without you? Yeah, I have no idea. Um, I I remember the project being in the works 
years ago, and I just know that because I'm closest page. Um, and and I don't think I mean I think people made a really big deal out of it, and um, just because they haven't seen you know my Titan Tron in so long, um, right? I don't think it's a it's a big part of the movie. I think every it's okay. Everyone can you know. It's okay, guys. <laughs> like, it's a cool <laughs> thing. And, uh, you know, the, the wrestler's really cool. I actually know her from New Jersey. Um, she's, like, a really cool person. So, and, and Paige has such an amazing story. Um, her life has been, she's just conquered so much. And, and I'm, I'm, I think it's, I'm just so psyched for her. But I, I feel weird taking any attention away from, from that. Like, just enjoy the movie, guys. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> Support Paige. She's awesome. Oh, well, that, no, that's, I mean, that's genuinely great to hear. Yeah, I was just curious about that. But yeah, I understand that, that you know, I'm sure it's a very small thing. But yeah, any I think any time you pop up in any sort of wrestling situation, I think people are going to get excited. So which is, I would hope, uh, you know, a source of joy for you. Yeah, I mean, I'm pre- I mean, it's people are, are trying to support me and be and, you know, defend me, I guess. And I appreciate that. I do. Uh, well, uh, like I said, I, I know we're we're up against time, but is there anything I, I didn't cover that you would like to mention or anything else that you'd like to say? Um, go out into the world, and I think we sort of touched on it, but I really just hope it, it whether it is, it is mental illness that people are dealing with, I hope this speaks to them um, on that personal level. Um, and if that's not what your crazy is, you know, if your crazy is something else, um, that you're fighting and you want to turn into a, a weapon, if you want to turn it into something that makes you strong, um, you can. It can be anything. Um, I think that's just my ultimate goal is to have people realize that you can come from literally nothing. Um, you can be the homeless kid on the street like I was and make something of your life and, and make your absolute biggest dream come true. Um, and then keep making dreams come true. Like just doing this book is a dream. Um, so I hope that somebody connects to that and that, that maybe it, it inspires them to kind of go out and, and pursue whatever their dream is. Um, that's just my ultimate goal. Awesome. Yeah. I mean, like I said, I, I think the book is really fantastic. I, I think it's a great job and I'm genuinely excited to see your future as a writer. Like I, I hope to see a lot more books from you. It was really great to read. Thank you. I appreciate it. We got the heavy stuff out, you know, in this one and. I hope the rest can just be silly. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. All right. Thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Pleasure to talk to you. You too. There you have it. Fantastic, right? Like, so great to talk to. And seriously, go get this book. Go check it out. Like the, it really is enjoyable. I think you'll really, if you listen to the interview and you enjoy her, you will like the the memoir. It's really fantastic. And uh, if you want more wrestling, if you're still looking to to extend uh, your WrestleMania high, then go check out in the archives of Hobo Radio. I spoke to Jim Ross, uh, who I was uh, personally very excited to see at WrestleMania this year. That it's always such a warm nostalgic feeling hearing Jim Ross call wrestling matches, but yeah, go back, listen to that interview. Uh, also if you, if you want to read some interviews back further in the archives, 
You can find print interviews with both Mick Foley and Chris Jericho on HoboTrashCan.com. So definitely go check those out. And, uh, and that's going to do it for us this week. So remember, kids, don't do drugs or you go to hell before you die. I'm not looking for another one To save myself from going over I say I'm not listening for another one To be myself, going on alone And baby, maybe you don't mind Being lazy for a little bit Baby, maybe you don't mind Being crazy for a of Hobotrashcan.com. If you enjoyed the show, please rate or review it on iTunes. Hear more great shows on the Peak Sloth Podcast Network, like this one. Hi, everyone. I'm Jessica Hinken. I'm Laura Wexler, and we're the hosts of the Stoop Storytelling Series podcast. We are a podcast in which you can hear true personal stories that are... Sad. Happy. Funny. Itchy. There's no itchy stories. Why did you say sad twice? Because there's... We gravitate towards sadness. That's not true. It's very fun. You can download us on stoopstorytelling.com or iTunes, and you can also find us at the Peak Sloth Podcast Network. Thanks for listening.